Welcome to Walton Biz Talk, where we have casual conversations about professional things. We're a student-run podcast created by the Business Communication Lab in the Sam M. Walton College of Business. My name is Ryan Decker. And I'm Jesse Schnabelin. And our topic this season is sustainability. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Walton Biz Talk. Uh, this episode, we're talking to Dr. Lance Sheremy, who is an apparel merchandising and product development instructor here at the University of Arkansas as well as Jacob Reynolds, who is a senior studying apparel, merchandising, and product development, also here at the University of Arkansas. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks. Great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. I guess to get started, since we are more of a business podcast, some people may not completely understand like the ins and outs of sustainability in fashion and apparel. So can we just get started by talking a little bit about that, like what the challenges are we're facing? Sure. Um, how, what does sustainability really look like in the fashion and apparel industry? Sure. When we think about sustainability in the apparel industry, there's something you have to keep in mind first. This industry is the second largest polluter in the world, almost industries, as far as that's concerned. We're right behind the oil and gas industry as far as pollution, uh, wow. as, as, as far as the industry is concerned. Things that we need to look at or think about happening, what's going on in factories around the country, around the world. Um, how are chemicals being released into waterways, the use of energy uh, to make our clothing, etc. So all that factors in as far as a business perspective, how, how are companies containing uh, internally within themselves as far as being sustainable? Uh, so those, those are some of the things that we talk about and discuss within the classroom. I look at carbon emissions per company, uh, how many emissions, we look at scope one, scope two emissions, what's being released. Um, for a company, I look at the world's largest polluters as far as the retailers are concerned. So those are the types of things that uh, kind of take effect that I kind of focus on and kind of am geared to as far as the industry is concerned. Great. So you've had some experience in like buying or merchandising for major companies. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. So what have you seen um, kind of between that, like being actually in the industry to now I'm being in more of like an educational approach. What are the biggest differences you see there? Oh, well, when I first started buying, the sustainability wasn't exactly uh, a term that was uh, considered, I guess you could say, in the Bible. <laughs> but lately, uh, buyers are now more in tune to what's going on and they're taking action because the consumers are expecting are wondering how how sustainable is this corporation? What are they? What are these buyers actually buying? What are they putting into the stores? So the buyer needs to be more nowadays in tune as to what they're buying, what products they bring in, and what's the quality. I guess you could say of the garments and where they're manufactured. So mm -hmm. all these things come into play nowadays. Which when I first started, uh, it really wasn't a um, a question that we had to think about. Right. Yeah. So. Interesting. So that, that brings up another point where a lot of these companies, since they are so large, especially with the large, like, um, like for example, I think you had some experience with Dillard's yes. um, and Kmart and then Walmart, obviously, in this area. Right. A lot of their production is done overseas in like Southeast Asia. Sure. Um, and I've heard a lot about like the toxins and everything that are just being released into the waterways there. Yes. Exactly. Um, so is that something that can be solved or is that something that we should be like really um, worried about or how, how does that really work with everything being concentrated there? Well, it's something that we need to definitely think about as different corporations themselves. Um, now, 
I will say this, not all corporations are in tune to what sustainability is, nor sure. are they willing to partake in anything as far as that's concerned. One thing could be because of economics. Maybe they might think it's too much money to invest in to be considering, you know, putting different thing, things in place within different factories. But people like Walmart today, I mean, they have an entire department devoted to sustainability and what's going on around the world in their factories. Mm -hmm. So you start to see not everything will be solved all at once. Sure. Is it attainable? I think we are headed in the right direction. With leaders such as Walmart having a focus on the different departments and what's going on, and um, even companies you think about like Zara and H&M, these fast fashion companies, you know, fast fashion means what it is. They're producing a lot of garments relatively quickly to get into the marketplace, right? Right. But we notice a little bit of a switch, a little bit of a turn, like, a H &M, like H&M has a conscious couture line. So we see some reflections of, okay, wait a minute, maybe we need to take a step back a little bit and think about what are we doing as far as the environment is concerned. And Zara's doing the same type of thing as, as well. You know, kind of taking a step back and saying, what can we do to be more of a sustainable corporation? So I noticed that there's more of a shift in, um, in sustainability within different corporations. And I think leaders like, like Walmart, um, even even Nike, mm -hmm. in example, uh, athletic apparel company, they're also doing several things. You could look at Nike's website, and there's there's a floods of information about what they're doing within the factories, where they're located. Not only environmental sustainability, but social sustainability as well. Sure. So there's lots of information out there on, on certain companies. Um, so I think we're headed in the right direction. Are we there yet? Um, it might take a little while before everyone's on board, but I think we're headed in the right direction at mm -hmm. least. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And I think it, it kind of brings up your point earlier how in the past there really hasn't been anything um, in terms of like sustainability or a focus on sustainability within the industry. Right. So it's nice to see that we're pushing towards that direction. Exactly. And then think about what do, we have, what do we have here on campus or in Fayetteville? Um, the sustainable uh, the, the sustainability consortium, sorry. Yes, yeah. And also in the apparel industry, we have the, the SAC, the Sustainable mm -hmm. Apparel Coalition. These organizations work with companies to help them monitor what they're doing. Right. So just as SAC in itself, I mean, they we've shared the questionnaires in my classrooms about what these companies are being asked from the SAC. And it's kind of keeping you know, tabs on them or helping them to keep tabs on themselves. Right. Because we know this is all voluntary. It's mm -hmm. not, you know, this is not mandated by any uh, government regulation or not. So this is, I think it's more beneficial for those companies who want to keep the tabs on themselves and who want to portray themselves as being um, a sustainable brand or company. Right. Yeah, and that's becoming more and more important, I think, with all of the demand, like the consumer demand is shifting. Yes. Right. Instead of just purely focusing on just price or just uh, quality in one regard, it's more shifting towards like environmental effect, sustainability, everything like that. Right. So I think it's it's kind of in the company's best interest to really pursue the sustainability, even if there isn't any government regulation right now. Right. And especially amongst what I've noticed too, uh, millennials and Generation Z, they're more, uh, especially Generation Z, very conscious about uh what they're buying mm -hmm. overall it seems as though especially when i talk to my classes about these things 
Um, so when the students especially are in tune and we have advocates like the 17 year old Greta Thornburg, mm -hmm. you know, when she's talking about sustainability and there's a movement going on about it, you know, that makes, you know, companies even further think about, okay, look, we need to get on board here. This is the direction we're headed in. Uh, this is the future, the future generation. Right. So. Yeah, it becomes more important to them instead of just looking good and yeah. like being a reputable company. Now that's how they make money. Exactly. So yeah, and exactly. and money talks, right? So <laughs> so that's yeah. that's really interesting. Exactly. Um, so I guess in addition to that, I've seen a lot as companies kind of shift more into this sustainable approach. Um, I've seen things like. Adidas is doing like a certain line where they use recycled plastic. I know Patagonia does that as well. Yes. Um, many other companies. And I've heard kind of conflicting stories whether this is really a good thing or not um, because of like microfibers or microplastics whenever these garments or clothing are being washed that mm -hmm. it's actually doing more harm than good. I don't know enough about it to really know uh, which side is right or wrong or if either side is. Um, but can you talk a little bit more about that? Well, as far as um, recycling of plastic is concerned, there's a, a company out there called Unify, and they make a fabrication called Reprieve. Now, it's all from recycled bottles. My plans for, and I'm going to talk about plans for the future, yeah, definitely. is to try to bring Unify here, in collaboration with the Sustainability Office, try to bring them on campus to show the students, okay, what can we do from a plastic bottle and what kind of materials can we make? Um, I wish this was a visual show. I could show you some <laughs> examples of t-shirts, caps, socks, mm -hmm. etc., of what they do and how uh, the material and fabrication is made. Um, Jacob, I think you might agree. I think I showed some in class. The quality seems to be pretty pretty good. Right. Mm -hmm. No, exactly. I mean, the things that you're seeing from all these regenerated and recycled pr plastics and products are they look exactly and feel exactly like the things that you could go to a store and find that have just been produced. Um, to answer your question, I think about like the microplastics and all of that. I think at the end of the day, any product that is like, if we're not creating more polyester or creating more plastics, if we can recycle those, it's going to cut down on that. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you continuously push new and new and new products into the market, you're going to have more and more and more of pollution and microplastics in the water supply and all of this type of thing. But if you can recycle part of that, yes, it will still get into the the ecosystem eventually, but you're going to cut down on it. Right. Yeah. yeah, you're still taking some more out instead of just putting additional in. Right. So I yes. think that, yeah, exactly. Definitely. Good point. Yeah. Uh, okay. So as far as denim goes i know i went to some there's a film screening i think last semester or yes. last year oh, good. Yes. i went to that because um, i thought it was really interesting like right. what is really yeah what is really going on and i think it's important for everyone to really be aware of this especially in the business college um it's something that i'll face every day right um so i guess can you talk a little bit more about denim and how what effect it has on the environment, where it's being produced, and what, what has happened with that? Well, I'll tell you what, I'll start it off and I'll, kinda, I'll hand it over to Jacob to talk mm -hmm. about the project that he was involved in. Um, the screen that you're referring to was, was a movie called River Blue, and it was a collaboration between Bumpers College and, um, and Walt College. Um, I was part of um, a group uh, from Net Impact, a sustainability organization, as part of their Wear It Wise campaign. Uh, I was part of 25 people, I guess you could say, uh, that were selected 
around the globe for to do advocacy for sustainability in the clothing and textile uh, sector. Awesome. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, so there were several things that I did throughout the semester. One of them was the River Blue screening. Uh, with River Blue, I contacted the producer of the film, Roger Williams, and he Skyped in and he we did a question and answer period. I don't know if you remember mm -hmm. he was there. Yeah. Uh, Roger was is from Canada, so he Skyped in. I think he was actually in LA at the time. And he's answered questions about sustainability and what was going on in the denim industry itself. So, and both of you were, I think, saw the film. So we mm -hmm. saw what's going on in certain countries in India. And we were talking about chemicals in the waters uh, as far as the denim industry is concerned. But what I want to emphasize too, as a result, or even before the thought process of doing the show and focusing on denim, was a project that uh, Jacob was involved in and part of, as part of where was with me and other students as well uh, to, I guess you could say, upcycle, repurpose, reclaim denim. And I'll let him talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so I think to preface this too, it's not just in Dr. Sheremy's classes that we're focusing on sustainability. Um, at least for apparel majors, it seems like we get it intertwined into just about every course that we're in, whether it's a production course um, or a business-related supply chain course um, or anything like that. Even our kind of graphic design and, and that type of things, we always have some sort of sustainability focus just because it is such a major deal for at least for our industry um, but for I think for everybody because this is affects everyone at the end of the day sure um, so but to kind of go forward with the project that we did is in our quality assessment course um, we did a project which we went out purchased all of these um, used pieces of denim whether it was jeans or jackets or whatever it may be at thrift stores um, what, what you know wherever we could find it um, if it was out of your own closet and just a pair of jeans that you had ripped or what you know whatever it was um, and really kind of focused on turning all of those into something new so I think for my project I may kind of made like a uh, trench coat type thing um, out of five pairs of denim um, and a and a denim jacket and I actually used the majority of of most of those um, <laughs> pairs that I had but I think just kind of seeing what you can do with those old pieces. Um, I don't know if Dr. Sheremy's touched on it, but I think a lot of people think whenever they go to like donate a pair of jeans or a t-shirt or anything like that, that, you know, it's going to help someone in need. And yes, there's a percentage of it that does, but I think the statistic is around like 84, 85% of all of those things that you donate some of them, you know, get donated to your local community. Some of them get donated to third world countries. But at the end of the day, 85% of those are ending up in a landfill. Exactly. Wow. And so if it's a if it's a natural fiber like cotton or wool or something like that, yes, it, it kind of can degrade back into nature. But if it's polyester or some other synthetic, it's taking 25 years exactly. or, or, it's, or something similar wow. to that. Wow, a long time. Yeah, and it's crazy. And they just sit and sit and release chemicals and release emissions into groundwater and everything else. Mm -hmm. So just kind of seeing that, whenever you're, you are physically done with a product doesn't necessarily have to be the end of that product's life. 
Um, and there are companies that, that do all of this. I know there's a company in LA, I can't rem- remember what it's called off the top of my head, um, but they take old pairs of denim and rework them and sell them for a tremendous profit for, from a business right. perspective. They're making a ton of money on, you know, the vintage market is becoming more and more popular too. So I think from all of those perspectives, it really puts into a better perspective what can be done with a product once you are finished with it. Sure. Right. Yes. That statistic of going into a landfill after donating, that's that's insane. 80, 85%, is that what you said? Right. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> that's, that's, it's, yeah. easy, it's easy to put it out of your mind. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you have a, a thing of clothes that you've paid $5 for this t-shirt, there's no emotional attachment to that. Right. And so it's really easy to drop it off at Goodwill or take right. it to Plato's Closet or what, sure. you know, whatever it may be. But once you see what those products do, I mean, yes, they all get shipped to third world countries, but those people don't need all of the clothes that we are sending them. Right. And in fact, I think we've killed most of the local um, apparel economies in those countries because they don't need the clothes to be produced. Mm-hmm. They can go to the little giant, it's, well, it's not little, it looks like <laughs> a giant almost fish market with by the docks of all these rows and rows and pallets of clothes and giant plastic bags of clothes that have been sent there from first world countries. Wow. And so they don't need to go buy anything. They can, they can go and find whatever they may need and then they can throw it away when they're done with it. Right. Yeah. There's, there's no shortage of anything here. So what do we do with these economies? You know, like you said, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's killing the economy where we're sending it to. Right. It's almost having adverse effects when we think it's having positive effects. Right. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So why do we buy so many clothes? Yeah. That's the question, right? right? Why do we buy so many clothes? Like how many, and in my class I ask, you know, some questions always asked about shoes. You know how many students have 20 pairs of shoes, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. And yeah, I do have some students who raise their hands between the 90 and the 100 range. Mm-hmm. So we talk about, you know, why do you have so many pairs of shoes? Are you going to wear all these shoes? So the point I was trying to make is think before you buy. How often are you going to wear this item? Once, twice, three times? Is it worth it? Those are questions we should be asking ourselves when we're going to the store and going shopping. Sure. So, yeah, I'm sure if I asked in other classes as well, too, I'd get the same kind of response. We have a lot, an abundance of clothes, especially with fast fashion. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of it, like you said, you know, it's getting thrown away, landfills, etc. So, that's one question we have to ask ourselves as a consumer. Sure. Why are we buying it? How often are we going to wear it? And do we need it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are some companies that I've heard that are like doing rentals or something where they mm-hmm. you can rent an outfit or clothing for a certain amount of time and then return it so right. you don't have to you know just throw it away or donate it whenever you're done well there's rent the runway mm-hmm. and uh that's one basic company they is it just um dresses or I, I, well i think it's uh it's mostly women's wear yeah. uh, but they do like pants and they focus a lot at least when they started they focused a lot on like designer products um because you know from everybody wants to wear the best that they can. And I think right. that's part of what goes into all of this is everybody wants to look the best and, and seem like it's more exclusive than it really is. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think Rent the Runway has transitioned a little bit more into like everyday pieces. Um, and so, yeah, you can, you can wear a trench coat and maybe you don't want to be, I think this is what kind of factors into our culture at the moment. Maybe you don't want to be seen every, you know, three times in that trench coat, or maybe you don't want to post a picture on Instagram or Facebook in that same trench coat three times. Um, 
which fast fashion does a great job of giving you those items at a very low price mm -hmm. so that you don't have to worry about being seen in the same trench coat three times. But the alternatives, which I think Rent the Runway, and there's a couple others um, that are kind of in the same, you know, that kind of communicate the same idea, is that you can you can wear these clothes for a few times, send them back, then they get cleaned, and uh, if there's any spots on them or whatever, they, they get tailored back, and then they get sent to a new person. And so, same thing, we're not letting that product expire. Right. right. You know, it's, it's still going to have life beyond its first couple wears. Mm -hmm. It's not ending up in a landfill, at least for a lot longer than it would if <laughs> right. there was, if yeah. it was yes. boxed. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, good. Interesting. Yeah. So one thing you kind of talked about earlier, Jacob, is the difference between natural fibers and synthetic fibers. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk a little bit more about like what really is the difference in terms of sustainability or what happens to them whenever, if they're discarded or anything like that? Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, a, a natural fiber, and I think everybody's probably most familiar with cotton, mm -hmm. um, but silk, wool, um, angora, if that, you know, if you, if you get cashmere, all of that, those are all kind of a natural fiber. So anything that's coming from like a natural source, um, those range in levels of sustainability. Um, cotton, I think, is very well known, but it's also a very high pollutant. It uses a lot, a lot of water hmm. um, to grow the cotton plant. Also, with today's society and culture, we want to produce the most that we can of whatever product. You want the, the biggest yield um, from you know what you're growing, right? And for so, economies of scale, things like right, that. Exactly. Yeah. So pesticides get used a lot and pollute a lot, and I think there's a lot of, especially in farming communities, we actually watched a documentary right. last week that a lot of people, I think it's in Lubbock, Texas. Yes. Was, um, yeah. Was it Lubbock? Lubbock, yeah. Um, Lubbock has a lot of early onset cancer. Interesting. Um, a lot of men specifically that are mm -hmm. involved in the agricultural field mm -hmm. have brain tumors yeah. starting in their 30s, 40s, 50s. Wow. Um, and end up dying because of them. And, so, and that's all related most likely, I don't think there's a direct causation, but it, it, the correlation there is pesticides. Um, so I think there are multiple levels of sustainability in natural fibers. Um, I think wool and kind of the natural, you know, animal-based fibers are probably going to be the most sustainable, um, as long as there's, you know, um, responsible farming and everything like that. Um, on the flip side of um, regen or not regenerated, sorry. Synthetic. Synthetic fibers, thank you. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, on the flip side of synthetic fibers, a lot of those are coming from, especially like um, polyester is a petroleum-based product. And so, like I said earlier, 25 years to degrade in a landfill, and that's that's what's going to happen. There's no faster way to do it. Right. And there's, there's many, many synthetic fibers. There's a couple that are a little bit more sustainable, such as like rayon or lyocell. Um, I know Zara uses a lot of lyocell and in their products which it gives a really silky kind of silk replicant texture right um and so those products are a lot better for the environment because they're actually based off of a natural fiber to begin with i think a lot of them start as like wood pulp okay um interesting but yeah hmm. it's, it's really interesting to see what you can start with and what you yeah. end up with huh. um but at the end of the day 
there's still chemicals, there's still solvents used. There's all, unless you're going organic, like with organic cotton or any, really any organic natural fiber, there's still some level of chemical used. And even if there's not involved in the growing, there probably will be in the manufacturing. Mm -hmm. um, I know we were talking about denim earlier. Mm -hmm. um, 100% cotton denim is really easy to find. Right. But all the dyes that go into making your jeans blue exactly. are awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think Dr. Shermie touched on India earlier. Mm -hmm. So the Ganges River, which is mm -hmm. huge, massive, I think it's one of their holiest rivers, yes. is totally polluted. Mm -hmm. It's If you look at pictures of it, it's disgusting. Right. Yeah, I, I saw a picture. You, you couldn't even, <laughs> yeah. you couldn't touch it. No. I mean, without. I saw a picture yesterday of a woman walking through, like, on the shore mm -hmm. of the Ganges River, and it looked like it had snowed. It was oh, just yes. covered with that the white, foam. toxic yeah. foam, yes. and yeah. I, was, I was blown away. Also, awesome. it was it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's that's kind of what the River Blue documentary was talking about exactly. with the denim industry, how the dyes, how the water use, everything is kind of just piling up and nothing's yes. really being done and then what's happening people are drinking the water mm -hmm. animals are going into water exactly you might have seen blue dogs coming out yep because they're dying <laughs> you know so it's, it's just terrible yeah yeah so i think the documentary touched a little bit on like ways of dyeing denim that didn't use water um is there anything really being done or at least less water um is there anything being done in that sector in terms of alternatives for denim since everyone wears denim um, what can really be done with that well Levi's has a waterless system mm -hmm. to for for um, for for to dye into jeans uh, they do there's a company in Spain called Genealogia and they are advocates and they have all kinds of uh, machinery that deals with ways to not use as much water or no water in right. some cases so there there are things being done within the industry um, it's, it's not that across the board, but leaders like Levi's and Genealogy, they're, um, they're doing a lot of good things, I guess you could say, within the industry for environmental protection. Mm -hmm. So I think, too, the more that gets done and the more the technology advances, things become more accessible. Because right now, you can, yes, you can, you can buy a pair of jeans, which Genealogy uh, Yes. How you say it? Yeah, I think so. Um, they have some really, really neat looking products, like very high end looking. Um, and I know they're really, really great on sustain sustainability. I think they recycle most of their water if they use it. Yes. Um, and it's all reused in their own system. Um, but the cost is high. Right. And I, as a consumer, even whenever Zara or H&M has an organic line versus a regular line, a consumer at the end of the day, yes, you can you can hype all this up in your head, mm -hmm. but whenever you have those two products in your hands that are the exact same, and one is thirty dollars and one is fifteen, which one are you going to buy? Right, exactly. That's, and that's I think part of the Gen Z millennial mindset yeah. is yes, we want to know where all these products are coming from, right. but then at the end of the day, it's about price point. Exactly. So mm -hmm. it's. I think as those technologies progress and become more accessible, we'll see a lot of the big names using them, and that's what will trickle down, if, mm -hmm. if you want to, if if you want to use that term, to everything else. And then I think we'll see we're on the right track. I think so. Yeah, yeah. we're on the way there, not yeah. there yet, but. We're mm -hmm. And I think that combined with more of the minimal mentality um, mm -hmm. that a lot of you know Gen Z is kind of getting quality into. Quality versus quantity. Right, quality instead of quantity. Mm -hmm. So you might pay more for 
a product that is more sustainable from a more reputable company in terms of like environmental impact. Exactly. Um, and then you can wear it more frequently uh, instead of buying multiple different items. Plus, I mean, especially with space, as people are moving into cities, things like that, exactly. they won't have space for as much clothing. So right. I think that may be another way of kind of um, offsetting that difference. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Invest in your, your statement, or not your statement pieces. Invest in your basic pieces mm-hmm. and your core pieces that you can wear all the time. You know, your classic button-down shirts or whatever, or jeans, or whatever it may be. And then those become your sustainable pieces because you can use them forever. Yes, right. you may po- pay more for them up front, but the quality will last you forever. forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it helps the environment. Exactly. So it's a win-win. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, so I guess as far as what's being done here on campus, I know we talked a little bit about like the film screening, uh, things like that. Can you talk a little bit, Jacob, about your experience in classes? I know you talked a little bit earlier about sustainability is really in every class. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what's being done? I don't know if you have any, if you're doing the sustainability minor, if you have any friends who are, or how that really works in with the fashion and apparel. I actually don't know of anyone that, that I'm personally friends with that mm-hmm. is in the sustainability um, program. But in terms of in class, um, that denim project that I that I was talking about earlier, I know Farm Bureau and Cotton Inc. have actually picked up on that. Okay. And they've done it as a statewide competition. Interesting. Um, wow. And Cotton Inc. does a competition that's 100% cotton-based also, which they offer pretty great scholarships for right. hmm. um, in terms of like designing and producing garments. Um, but yeah, I think it's really cool that they have picked up on that project that, that we were doing here and have translated it to a statewide um, competition. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Which I think is really neat. Um, in terms of other things that we do, I know a lot of like the fabric scraps that we use in the uh, um, production lab get sent either to um, to be recycled. I know some of them get sent to becoming um, like the lining of a trunk, Interesting. which is like a felt material. Huh, and so yeah. they kind of grind up all, I guess that's how they do it. They grind okay. up all those fabrics and, and kind of press them into those. Um, so just, I think, just not letting things end when you're done with them. Right. Even from a small scrap of fabric can be done. Um, I know there's also a local company called Regenerous Designs, and mm-hmm. she's she's great. She's been she's spoken to us many times, and she's been involved with North, uh, Northwest Arkansas Fashion Week as well. Um, she partnered with, I believe it was Be Unlimited, yes. for her yes. Northwest Arkansas Fashion Week um, collection, and took all of their old scrap T-shirts and kind of made them into art, jewelry, right. um, different. Um, garments, dresses, some really, really creative and neat and unique pieces um, if you're coming from a statement piece perspective. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so I mean, there's there's things that are being done and... Now, and we do have students who are working on the sustainability minor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm currently working with a few of them who are, who are working on honors projects. Okay. Uh, probably five or six who are wanting to work on something dealing with sustainability, whether it's dealing with fibers, uh, one wants to deal with advocacy, uh, one wants to deal with um, design and production. So mm-hmm. there's several things in the works with a few different students um, that'll probably come out within the next, let's say, year, year and a half 
uh, to get some things finalized sure. by you know working with them. It takes a little while to get things you know started. Sure. So so there are several things from s- other students as well uh, that want that are interest in this in this topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So one thing that I saw online was I'm probably going to get this name wrong, but Pechacucha. Pechacucha. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> talk a little bit about that. At, at least I got the name right. Okay. But. No. Um, a Pechacucha. Was one of the first things I did uh, as far as the Wear It Wise campaign, mm-hmm. and what a Pekakuchi is is you have let's say four we had four panelists who have each about twenty seconds to explain uh, their version of sustainability. Interesting, which is a not long of a period no. of time. <laughs> <laughs> so. We kind of went off the chart a little bit, you know. Some of them had to speak longer than twenty seconds, uh, but basically, Walmart was involved. Jardas flew in from New York City. Hmm. Alyssa Berg, Regenerative Design, was there. Uh, she talked about the design aspect, and I talked about the educational aspect of uh, sustainability. So it was at Crystal Bridges during Northwest Arkansas Fashion Week, and in conjunction with that, we had um, a fashion show, a repurposed denim fashion show as well. Uh, but basically. The four speakers got up, they talked to a standing room only audience about sustainability from different aspects, and we had lots of questions uh, being asked of us uh, from all different angles, design, education, product development, and retail, Walmart, of course. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Pekka Kucha, if you've ever get involved with one, you don't have much time. <laughs> it goes fast. That's really fast. I couldn't wow. keep up. Wow. I needed to take more time. Yeah. <laughs> but it was fine. It was really and educational. I think mm-hmm. the audience really loved it. Yeah. yeah. And I think especially in Northwest Arkansas with our large corporate presence and everything, getting companies involved with education, with everyone, just to really spread knowledge about what's going on and what companies are being done or what is being done by companies to yes. really solve this problem. I think that's really important. Yes, and it was. And uh, like I said, I think uh, all, everyone involved uh, had a good time. Awesome. Yeah, it was good. All right. Well, I hate to put you on the spot, but that does rem- it does uh, give me a good idea. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be 20 seconds. Oh, gosh, but yeah. one question that we're asking everyone this season mm-hmm. is, what does sustainability mean to you? Um, so, you know, a short answer. You don't have to limit yourself to 20 seconds. But uh, I'll give you a, c- a little bit of time here just to kind of think of a okay. think of a line. But what does sustainability mean to you in terms of fashion and apparel? So whenever you're ready, you can get started. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is environmental sustainability. And mine is protecting the environment for future generations. And what can we do with apparel corporations to help with that? What are, like, what are we doing in the factories? Monitoring that, monitoring what the companies are doing. Uh, so my take on sustainability is preservation of future generations and how can we go about doing that within the world of apparel and textiles. Awesome. Your turn. Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think to piggyback on that, I think environmental is a, is a huge impact or is a huge part of everything. Um, I think what has been the most eye-opening for me about all of this is learning about like the social sustainability mm-hmm. and really how what we do in terms of fashion and the decisions that consumers make really end up affecting the social status and the, the living um and economic and everything like that conditions of people that are making our clothes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
I think that would be kind of my my take on it, and then also what he said. Good. Awesome. <laughs> well, you do, you both did a lot better at that than I would have. Uh, you know, that was that was great. So. Um, as far as fashion and apparel, there's a lot being done, and this is really eye-opening to me. Um, yeah. I did not, I did not really know that much about what was being done before this, but right. this definitely opened my eyes to a lot of um, cool things that are being done, and I'm sure it has for the listeners as well. So, well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Yes, thank it's you. a pleasure being here. Absolutely. Yeah.